It's the weekend, so relax and listen to some stories the whole family can enjoy. That's right, it's the Saturday Story Circle, here on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audiences. Chapter 28 It took six gangsters, each twice her size, to carry the flying squirrel to the great slab of a table Professor Zombie had prepared for her. Three more of their fellows lay unconscious or reeling from the blows she had rained down upon them as they had tried to grab hold of her unrestrained feet. Kit knew that any one of the undead soldiers created to be the strong arms of the crime cabal could have done the job twice as quickly as this incompetent pack of baboons. But for the moment, Professor Zombie seemed to be enjoying the display, and Kit knew from experience that the professor was at her most vulnerable when she was feeling pleased with herself. It had been the Red Panda who had taught her that one could predict the behavior of most criminals fairly consistently by looking at them as a pack of dogs. Even when hunting, they still struggled for dominance. Zombie must have felt that the more trouble the flying squirrel gave the subordinate members of the gang, the more it would elevate Zombie's own status when she dealt with the problem. Let's just make sure it never gets that far, she thought to herself as she used her jujitsu training to squirm and rock, never quite hard enough to get free. Not that Kit relished the thought of being strapped to that table, but the restraints there were heavy leather ties rather than the chain she'd been held by a moment ago. If she broke free of the crowd that was taking her abuse just now, there were twenty others handy, pistols at the ready to finish her off. Somehow she would have to even the odds just a little before she made her play. She could see Kid Chaos in the midst of the throng grinning like a maniac. She could hear the sinister laughter of Professor Zombie rising above the chorus of angry voices, each shouting instructions to each other that no one seemed to be heeding. She wasn't more than two feet from the table now. Time to go into her routine. Showtime, she thought. At once, with what seemed to all the world to be a last desperate cry, the flying squirrel intensified her efforts to break free, doing her best to fall just shy of the mark, but making it impossible for any of her captors to get her into position. She only prayed she didn't overplay her hand. From the corner of her eye, she saw a hand swing down towards her. There was an audible crack as one of the crowd brought the butt end of a thirty-eight down against her head with as much force as he could muster. Immediately, the flying squirrel's head snapped back and her struggles ceased. Her body went limp and her cowardly captors began hurriedly to fasten the straps that would hold her down. Lying on the cold table, Kit's ear was ringing something terrible, but she was far from incapacitated. That had been a desperate gamble, but for the moment it seemed to be working. There are ways of holding one's wrists and arms tight with tension that will cause any restraint fastened to them to have extra slack when the limbs are relaxed from the knot. It sounds like a simple technique, but there were many degrees of subtle art at play. Amongst the many forms of training he had sought out, the Red Panda had studied under some of the greatest escape artists in the world, and he had passed what he had learned on to his partner. She hoped that it would be enough. Like any stage illusion, escapism required a certain amount of misdirection. The flying squirrel's desperate struggle had left her captors likely to hurry in restraining her, but since she had prompted them to knock her cold, they did not expect to encounter counterforce, and failed to compensate for it. Luckily, she had seen the blow coming and was able to roll with it while selling the impression she had been hurt with an exaggerated reaction. It was a fine performance, but she struggled not to be too pleased with herself just yet. 
Careful, you idiots, she could hear Kid Chaos bark. She must appear not to be too badly damaged. She must appear whole. Through her lashes, she could see Chaos's rapt expression as the gangsters backed away. Slowly, gently, she relaxed the muscles in her arms and legs. She could feel the play in the bindings, the slack that she could use to her advantage, given half an opportunity and fewer guns in the room. And that's the real trick, ain't it, she thought. She allowed her eyes to flutter open. If she stayed out too long, Chaos would suspect a ploy and check the bindings. Ah, my dear girl, back in the land of the living, I see. Chaos smiled, his great moon of a face lighting up. For the moment. I'll bet you stayed up all night thinking that one up, Kit groaned. She noted with some satisfaction the snickers from the ranks at Kid Chaos's expense and his irritation. That might be good for something. Professor Zombie was busying herself with her machines. Don't mind him, little one. He still gets terribly excited about these things. She arched her eyebrows and smiled at Chaos. It was intended to be a playful gesture, but Kit, who knew a thing or twelve about such things, recognized it as clumsy at best. This alliance, too, was strained. "'What's a big idea?' the flying squirrel said, straining at her bonds just for show. "'You think you can scare me into talking?' "'Do you really think we couldn't?' Kid Chaos smiled. "'Try it and see,' Kit stuck out her jaw. "'It won't get you nothing but a good laugh.' "'I wonder,' Chaos cracked his knuckles loudly, "'if you really are quite as tough as you think you are.' You could find out, Dumplin', Kit snarled, but you'd need to untie me first, and I don't think you've got the guts. There were more snickers from the ranks of the crime cabal. They were hypocritical, to be sure, for no man there would have set the flying squirrel loose, but still Kid Chaos fumed. Rest assured, little one, the professor smiled icicles, I have no such illusions. She reached down and straightened the squirrel's hair that spilled from the back of her cowl. There is nothing in heaven or earth that could force you to betray him. I can see it in your eyes. Kit snapped her head away as best she could, but said nothing. The professor beamed. You don't bother to deny it. How nice. Her smile faded. He doesn't deserve such loyalty. Doesn't he? Sarcasm dripped from Kit's voice. "'Have you never stopped to wonder,' the professor said, busying herself with her equipment, "'what compels you to stand with this man? "'To face death and danger in such a ridiculous manner? "'What binds you to this red panda of yours, "'in spite of the fact that, cowl notwithstanding, "'it seems clear that you could have any man you chose?' "'The professor turned and lowered herself quickly "'to direct a stage whisper into the flying squirrel's ear. "'When you know full well,' "'that he can control the minds of others.' "'She smiled and stepped back, watching for any reaction. "'What makes you so sure that you aren't simply his little puppet, "'fighting and dying as he sees fit for his amusement?' "'Kit met Professor Zombie's gaze without expression. "'This was meant to make her question her beliefs, of course, "'but not with an eye to interrogation.' Zombie wanted her to doubt even the one thing of which she was most sure in the moments before death. When you have destroyed so much life, Kit supposed, eventually you make a sick game of it. She said nothing, and changed her expression not one whit. Zombie scowled. She had obviously been hoping for something more dramatic. 
We know, of course, that nothing can induce you to betray the Red Panda, she said, returning to her equipment. But we also know that he will continue to interfere in our operations. What better way to destroy the man than by setting his own junior partner on him, reduced to my undead plaything? Knowing that he was responsible for your death, and having to fight you for his own life at the same time? It's almost too perfect. Kit shuddered a little. To her left, just beyond the table, was a large black machine, arcing high-voltage power from Tesla coils. If all else failed, if she could get her hands to that device, it should destroy enough of her to make their grim plans impossible. The only question, Zombie continued, is whether we should amplify her strength with Kid Chaos's chemical serum immediately before initiating the zombification process. No! snapped Chaos. The girl is skilled enough to do him damage without it, and with it, she might finish him too easily. I have suffered more than you can ever know at the hands of that masked menace. I want him to suffer just as greatly. I want him to have to choose to destroy what remains of her, and I want him to have to live with it for a little while. Professor Zombie smiled and shrugged. The sequence matters little to me. I'll let you call the tune for the moment. She prepared a large syringe. Take a good look, you bozos, the flying squirrel called to the assembled gang members. This is what you'll get if you step out of line. She'll turn you into one of those things. The crowd murmured slightly, but the reaction was less than she'd hoped for. This would be a real good time for the cavalry, she thought. Suddenly the house phone rang. Chaos waved his hand for someone to silence the bell. He wanted to enjoy this. What's that? Legs McIntyre said into the mouthpiece, straining to hear over the crowd. All right, thanks! He hung up the phone with a clatter. That was gate one. Case Burmel is on his way back. He's hurt pretty bad. Call the Sawbones. What? Kid Chaos snapped, his eyes meeting zombies in a flash of concern. Impossible! The elated gangsters turned as one to glare at Kid Chaos. It's true, Mr. Chaos, Leg said earnestly. Ricky at the gate says it's Case, all right, leaning on one of the meat puppets. One of the... Chaos turned back to Professor Zombie. Gentlemen, two of the zombies from tonight's operation were destroyed. The rest are accounted for. But Mr. Chaos, Ricky says I have no doubt that Ricky believes what he said. But whatever is coming up that tunnel, even if it were Burmel, it can't be a zombie. But who could the other one be? The professor snapped. The girl is here. I don't know, Chaos wailed. Maybe... Maybe somehow Burmel survived, but that zombie can only be him. It can only be the Red Panda. Burmel wouldn't work with the panda, a voice protested. He might not have a choice, Professor Zombie shrieked. The Red Panda can control the minds of others. So I hear, the flying squirrel said through a grin. Kid Chaos raced for the house phone and dialed two numbers. He danced impatiently while he waited for an answer. Gate two, Chaos called into the phone. Do not open those doors. I said stop. Are you sure it's Burmel? The crowd waited for a reply. What about the other? The one with him? Again, the hush was thick with anticipation and fear. No, fool! Chaos bellowed. It's the Red Panda! Open fire! There was some debate. Do it! Do it! Do it! Do it! Kid Chaos screamed. From down the long concrete hallways, they heard a volley of machine gun fire. Kit's blood ran cold. Chaos raced for the door. Come on, you fools! Follow me! No one moved a muscle. Chaos stopped. They said, come 
on! Grab your guns and... He trailed off. The professor glanced over her shoulder to her six remaining undead monsters. Go with Kid Chaos, she said simply. The giants lumbered forth. Come on, the rest of you! Chaos stamped his feet. He would not be denied. At last, exasperated, he turned to the catwalk above where Malcolm still stood, stock still, Hook Henderson beside him. Mr. Malcolm, he called, what say you? Malcolm hesitated. I ordered the operation, he said at last. The gangsters stood blinking a moment, confused. Come on, you heard the man, Chaos yelled, let's go! The assembled gangsters poured forth, none of them sure they had heard what they thought they had heard. All but a half dozen rushed out the doors after Chaos and the zombie shock troops. The flying squirrel's head had shot back the moment Malcolm had spoken. She peered at him, upside down, though he appeared to her. She knew what she had heard. She knew what it meant. She had her better odds, and she had her distraction at last. She just prayed that it wasn't all for nothing. This is Jack Ward, and on behalf of everyone here at the Mutual Audio Network, we wish you, your family, and all your friends safe harbor during these difficult times.